Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are Not Scott and Cassie Ling, but we do have a father-daughter podcast about the MCU. I'm Lauren, I'm here with my dad Nate, and today is our Iron Man 3 episode. Iron Man 3. Does this mean we're in the first movie of Phase 2? Yeah, that's pretty exciting. That's very exciting. I felt like it. I felt like it should be a better movie. Yeah, we're moving into a new phase. <laughs> it really doesn't feel like wow. This is the launch of a new era. It doesn't have that kind of feeling to me. I will say that. Me neither. I mean, you know, I mean, I think there might be a little bit of like debate as to whether or not this is the next one because I did have someone message me on Instagram asking what we would be doing next if it was dark world or iron man 3 oh and so there might be some debate as to like which one is the official next film in the timeline but i think to my knowledge they're happening at the same time so it doesn't really matter they're kind of copy we got this going on in america dark world is happening over in london and asgard and across the nine realms so you know, this is this is America's problem. This is a problem for Malibu and Tennessee. Well, we're a very America first podcast. So we're going Happy Iron Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We we made the decision already, so sorry, but Tony Stark comes first, I guess. Um, but before we jump into that, do you want to talk about, uh, what is happening with the MCU right now? MCU monthly. Yeah. I want to, uh, I want to hear what's going on. I only real thing I heard, I, I saw this headline and it Mm -hmm. was WandaVision announces season two. And I was like, oh what? My oh my gosh, it's confirmed. And then I, lo and behold, I click on it. Super clickbait. <laughs> because it was just basically saying that the coven of chaos yeah. is basically <laughs> WandaVision season two. Eh, wrong. Not yeah. true. And also, yeah. <sighs> I know. I would... In my dreams, in my dreams, we're getting a WandaVision season two, but but it made me feel also, for we a don't quick need second like I <laughs> had some big time news to yeah. drop on the pod <sighs> to Dang. you. <laughs> I wish that was real. I, yeah, real. Fake news. Fake news. Uh, yeah, give me the give me the, yeah. the tea. There's still not like crazy ton of stuff happening you know secret invasion has been coming out so we've had a couple episodes of secret invasion um right now we're caught up on episodes one and two so so far you know how do you like secret invasion you know i give it like a 6.8 on a scale of one to ten you know it's 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 upper mid it's uh you know, as an F1 fan, uh, that's Formula One racing. It's mm-hmm. not on the podium for second or third place. It's okay. fighting for the best of the rest. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not even that good. Maybe a little more midfield. Yeah. I know you haven't been super into it. 
Yeah. But I don't want I don't want to speak for you. Maybe you've had a change no. of heart. I think it's just kind of like I think quality wise, like it's good. But I think personally, I'm not super invested. There's nothing about it that is keeping me very interested in it. If Daisy Johnson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were to show up like everyone is predicting that she will, then I will be extremely hooked on this show. But since Daisy's not here, not to sound like, you know, like a Twitter dude bro who wants cameos, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not super, <laughs> I'm not super, like, uh, I'm just, I'm really not like a political thriller kind of girl. It's like yeah, yeah. the government stuff doesn't, it's not like pulling me in. So yeah, it, it's not that you're not politically active. You're not, no. but also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me, uh, yeah, I do like political thrillers, but uh you know, like in our house, how we talk about how one of the most tired plot devices that screenwriters use, mm-hmm. or like for us, it feels like a lazy move, is the uh, spy movie face mask technology yeah. where you can like mission impossible very mission seems impossible like every 10 mm-hmm. minutes there's like ripping off the mask like oh i'm actually <laughs> somebody else what and i i don't know when i see that i just feel like i this isn't fair i have no chance of mm-hmm. catching up anything could be happening right now yeah so i'm sure there's people that love that but that's not really my cup of tea but yeah. once I get past that, I'm like, okay, it's it's a it's a fine show, but I'm not feeling like I'm watching yeah. cinema. Yeah, I agree. Love but this Olivia is the Coleman, MCU though. we're talking about, so maybe yeah, maybe it's never cinema. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's it's taking itself very seriously, which I think um, could be a comparison made because I had a conversation with someone like maybe a week ago and we were talking about how it's very similar in vibe to agents of shield based on like, this is the kind of thing that is happening. Agents of shield is kind of political sometimes or political thriller esque, but at the same time, it is very like vastly different because agents of shield doesn't really take itself so seriously so like it it's unabashedly like campy and goofy a lot of the time like mm-hmm. it'll have these like it'll be like this mix of like spy thriller government political and also like alien stuff but it's like it understands how like absurd that is and it doesn't like take itself insanely seriously whereas this it feels like they're really trying to push like this scene, this is so realistic and this is the real world where green men are infiltrating and it's like oh i'm just not able to like take this super seriously <laughs> or at least as seriously as it feels like they want me to take it i don't know like that are we it's so like solemn sometimes i'm like yeah. i don't know this doesn't like i don't know <laughs> are we are we societally in a place where we don't have the guts to have any human being be the bad guy 
because we've done that for so long. We've othered for so long that we're like, okay, we just got to go with scrolls there. But, but because we want people yeah. to be bad still, but they can't really be bad people. I don't know. I'm philosophizing. I mean, yeah. Are the humans the good guys? I think they're, I think again, they're trying to like do this thing where it's like, are the scrolls really bad or do they just need a home? And it's like, I feel like they could do that really well, but I'm not super like sold on yeah. how they're pushing it. Just as kind of like corny, like, okay, maybe do this in like, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't, I don't, yeah. I feel like my criticisms aren't very founded yet. We've only seen two episodes. I, I'm, true, I'm not really. True able to judge super well so we're definitely going to also i'd like to take i'd like to take the moment at this point of the podcast to -hmm. give a post rant spoiler alert yeah sorry if we just ruined a little bit of what we didn't say that much though we We didn't didn't say anything specific i will say actual that's the thing about this podcast we're good at saying a lot of things (laughs) without really saying anything (laughs) We don't say anything, actually. I don't know what you guys are here for. <laughs> Actual spoiler alert, though. I am just... It's so annoying that they killed Hill in the first episode. She's the best. Everyone loves Maria Hill. She's so cool. That should have been... If she's going to die, it needs to be a big moment. End I know. of the season. Yeah, because it feels like, to me, it feels like they just killed her, like, for shock value. Like, they wanted to have, like, a punchy ending to their first episode. Uh, And then they were like, "Mm, let's kill off Hill. And she's definitely dead, I'm pretty sure, because Colby Smutters was said to be, like, a guest star. So, like, in the credits. So, And she's, like, not in any of the other trailer footage. So... I just came an article the other day that talked about how... MCU has done a good job in recent years having female leads and female superheroes. Not that she was a superhero, but she was definitely like a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that they also keep killing them off. Yeah. (laughs) They need to let some of them live. (laughs) They have a problem. It's really bad. (laughs) It's meanwhile, Nick Fury lives forever. (laughs) unexplicably inexplicably he will never die unless he dies at the end unless he's already dead and this is a fake nick you have no idea he's a screw we have no way of knowing (laughs) (laughs) okay what else is going on last episode um not too much uh some like bts photos are dropping of the new captain america movie they they retitled it it was New World Order, and um, I think there were some issues with that sounding very, like, like Nazi-esque, and I think there's more specifics to that Putin-esque. that I can't remember. Yeah, there's just, like, yeah. it just was weird vibes, okay. um, and there's something with, like, one of the antagonists that just was feeling kind of like iffy so they changed that to brave new world that's the new brave new title we got some sounds like a disney movie it does (laughs) so we'll see i'm excited for it because i love sam as captain america so this will be his like cat movie debut so 
I just can't get that title out of my head. It's like just, <laughs> in the back of my mind. I think I'm just it's Brave like, New World. Johnny Two Strings had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> he was afraid of the outdoors. Join us on his discovery of life outside. It's a brave new world. <laughs> It also kind of sounds like a like a coming of age movie too to me. Yes, yeah, definitely. Like Brave New World definitely. or like a dog movie, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> they were best friends growing up and then one day he noticed that dimple in her smile. <laughs> exactly. It's a Brave New World. <laughs> new World. Yeah. No, it's going to be good. It's going to be so good. I'm very excited. We got some set picks of Harrison Ford um, as the new General Ross. Okay. We have talked about this on the podcast before. Yep. 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 Um, and uh, Rogers the Musical debuted in a Disney. And I, and I do, just adventure. for the record, oh, I want you to know that when you said Harrison Ford, I had the right actor. In Good. my mental imagery, not yeah. Woody Harrelson, <laughs> not Woody Harrelson, <laughs> Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, Han Solo, Harrison Ford. Yeah, hard for me to believe that he's still alive. I don't know about you, I always think he's dead. Well, he could be a scroll, <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I saw um, that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch confirmed that he's going to be in another Marvel movie oh. next year, filming next uh, year, as Doctor oh. Strange. Goodness. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm a famously a Doctor Strange anti. He's not my favorite guy. So, very excited to have... Stephen Strange back. Cool. I think we need more Stephen Grant. Less, I say less Stephen Strange, more Stephen Grant. That's just my personal opinion. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. Now tell me about uh, this show, Echo. Sorry. It... Oh, Echo? Um, yeah. Honestly, there, it's been pretty like, like nicks on the information like we still don't know very much about it but it's about Maya Lopez who we met in Hawkeye and okay um I think uh I can't remember if Daredevil is rumored or confirmed to be returning in it I think it's confirmed and Kingpin's probably back I think as well mm-hmm. so that's coming fairly soon. And yeah, pretty much it. Stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say quickly Rogers the Musical did make its debut in Disney's California Adventure Park down in Disneyland. Oh. Um, which is exciting. The musical we see in Hawkeye. And it will be playing at the Hyperion for a limited time. Um, apparently, it, they're they're just really pushing the Steve and Peggy agenda 
beating a dead horse that no one wants them to beat um, more. So that's all I know about it. But what do you <laughs> I mean? I think it's probably fun. Uh, well, everyone's like, just sick of Steve and Peggy, and then Marvel just always is trying to like resurrect them again. Like it, hmm. it happens like once a year where they're like, "Let's talk about Steve and Peggy again," and it's like they knew each other for one month. Calm down. <laughs> like we're so over Steve and Peggy; they're literally both gone. Like, can we just gal. let them go? No, she's Suze's gal. Gotcha. Watch Agent Carter. Yep. She doesn't need Steve anymore. Anyway, so, but looks super fun. Hope, I'm hoping to catch it by the time I get back down from school. It'll be, like, tight because it'll be closing pretty soon, like, as I get back down in the Southern California area. But fingers crossed. Oh, I can't wait. I hope you go. We We need to hear about it on the pod. I know. I know. I'll give you guys the full review. And that is what is happening with the MCU right now. All right. Yeah. So we've we've, we've stalled long enough. I guess it was kind of a, kind of a lot of stuff that's happening. We stretched um, it out. Yeah, we did. We we're we had fun. Yeah, we talked about Secret Invasion. So I yeah. I think this is was worth our time. And I I mean um, I feel like it's worth saying to anybody that's listening in at this point, and you're thinking. Guys, this is the Iron Man 3 episode. You're talking mm-hmm. a really long time about these updates. It just kind of seems like you guys are having fun. It's like father-daughter time. You're just going back and forth. It's like we're not even here. I just want to give a friendly reminder that this podcast is mostly for us. So, sorry. I'm sorry that yeah. this has been your experience. <laughs> you don't like us? You can leave. <laughs> <laughs> no. We love no, you guys. No, just kidding. So just sorry. Kidding. Yes. Well, I'll try to do my, I know you want me to do the yeah. plot of Iron Man 3, try to give a little recap. There's kind of a lot yeah. to it, so I'll try to go as quickly yeah. as I can, all right? So, Amazing. you ready? Yes. Okay, so it starts, it's kind of a backtrack, just to remind you guys, it goes back to a New Year's Eve party in 19... Uh, is This is pre-Iron Man. He meets scientist Maya Hansen, the inventor of Extremis an experimental regenerative treatment that allows recovery from crippling injuries. A disabled scientist, Aldrich Killian, offers them a place in his company, but Stark rejects him. Just to remind you guys, uh, he this is the guy, Aldrich comes in, his teeth are all messed up, his hair is all crazy, they, he mm-hmm. accosts them on the elevator, and Tony's like, I'll meet you up at the at the rooftop. And as he's just playing a joke on him, but does take a couple of business cards. 13 years later, Stark is suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and has frequent panic attacks due to his experiences during the alien invasion of New York in Avengers. Uh, He has built dozens of new Iron Man suits. I think he's on 42 at the point of this movie to cope with his insomnia. And I think the last movie ended with him on Iron Man suit seven. So he's been busy. He's just like yeah. going nuts. Uh, and uh, this all creates friction with Pepper. Meanwhile, a string of bombings is claimed by a terrorist terrorist known as the Mandarin. Stark's security chief, Happy Hogan, is badly injured 
in one of those attacks and is put into a coma, prompting Stark to issue a televised threat to the Mandarin. And Tony just goes all out. He puts it all on the, on the line by revealing his home address to the whole world. <laughs> oh, really great so that's, that's a move. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mandarin sends gunship helicopters to destroy Stark's home. Hansen, who came to warn Stark, survives the attack with Pot. So uh, the scientist, Maya Hansen, she comes back. They have this whole exchange. Tony's like, tell me there's not a 12-year-old kid I've never met in that car. She's like, he's 13. And she's like, oh. And then she says, no, but your life is in danger. So love but the banter. Well, these yeah. attack helicopters are coming. Uh, Stark escapes in an experimental new Iron Man suit, which is artificial intelligence Jarvis pilots to Tennessee on the mm -hmm. sticks. Following a flight plan from Stark's investigation into the Mandarin, Stark's new armor is not fully functional and lacks sufficient power to return to Malibu, leaving the world to believe that he died. Okay, with the help of Harley Keener. Remember that cute little boy he met? He the was best. in his garage. Yeah, I love Harley. Uh, he helps Stark investigate the remains of a local explosion bearing the hallmarks of a Mandarin attack, although it occurred years before any known attack by the terrorist. He discovers the, quote, bombings were triggered by soldiers subjected to extremists whose bodies explosively rejected the treatment. These explosions were falsely attributed to a terrorist plot to cover up extremists' flaws. Stark witnessed extremists firsthand when Mandarin agents Savin and Brandt attacked him. Stark kills Brandt and incap incapacitates Savin. Meanwhile, Killian resurfaces and kidnaps Potts with assistance from Hansen. American intelligence agencies continue to search for the Mandarin with James Rhodes, the former war machine now rebranded as the Iron Patriot lured into a trap to steal his armor. There's some great moments with Rhodey in this one. Yeah. Uh, tracing the Mandarin back to Miami, Stark infiltrates his headquarters using improvised weapons. Inside, he discovers the Mandarin is an English actor named Ben Kingsley. No, Trevor <laughs> Slatterly. Sla Slattery. He was uh, oblivious. Slatterly. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you could throw a lot of L's in there. Who is oblivious to the actions carried out in his image. I mean, Ben Kingsley is amazing in this movie. Yes. Killian then captures Stark. He reveals he has subjected Potts to extremis. Oh my, this has made me so sad, this part. In the hope that Stark will help fix extremis' flaws while trying to save her. When Hansen betrays Killian by threatening to jeopardize his operations, Killian fatally shoots her. Stark escapes, reunites with Rhodes, discovering that Killian intends to attack the president, President Ellis, aboard Air Force One, using the Iron Patriot armor controlled by Savin. Stark kills Savin, saving the passengers and crew, but cannot stop Killian from abducting, from abducting Ellis. At an impounded, damaged oil tanker, Killian intends to kill the president on live television. The vice president would then become a puppet leader following Killian's orders in exchange for extremists to cure his young daughter's disability. So like much happening. Think, I'd like to think a little more highly of our elected officials 
than that he would fall for that. But I mean, I guess I, I do have some young daughters. There's a vulnerability. <laughs> Stark and Rhodes infiltrate the platform. I guess I'm just saying if I was vice president and you guys had had something that extremists could heal, I don't know. I do love you guys, but I feel like I'd have to be loyal to my sworn, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I probably would sell out too. <laughs> Starks and Rhodes infiltrate the platform, aided by the remaining Iron Man suits, controlled remotely by Jarvis. It's cool. It's like that scene over the shipyard. All 42 Iron Man suits are flying around. And Jarvis is doing it. Rhodes secures the president. So Iron Patriot does his job, takes him to safety, while Stark discovers Potts had, has survived the extremist procedure. Before he can save her, a rig collapses around them. She falls to the platform below, causing Stark to believe her dead. Stark fights, kill, Stark fights Killian but finds himself cornered. Killian, who appropriated Hansen's extremist research as a cure for his own disability and expanded the program to include injured war veterans, reveals he's the real Mandarin behind Slattery's cover. Killian to save Stark. Ultimate role reverse. Right, all the Iron Man suits, the Vice President, President and Slattery are arrested and Happy awakens from his coma. With Stark's help, Potts's extremist effects are stabilized and Stark promises to scale back his life as Iron Man. I'm going to cut back on being Iron Man, babe. Undergoing surgery to remove the shrapnel near his heart and throwing his obsolete chest arc reactor into the sea. He muses that even without the technology, he will always be Iron Man. Mm. Uh, thank you, Wikipedia, for your contribution to today's show. I leaned on yeah, you heavily for that recap. Yeah, it yeah. was a good recap. Uh, what I forgot, though, what was the uh, the extra scene? Uh, it's the post credit scene revealed that Tony's been telling this to Bruce the whole time, like ah. a and Bruce is asleep. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah, I remember it now. Okay, yes, that was. I tried to go as quick as I could. Good. I think that was yeah. seven minutes, eight minutes that you'll okay. you guys will never get that back. But that was Iron Man 3. You could just skip it too if you already watched the movie along with us true that so true yeah do you like this movie define like you know it's a complicated question mm. um but do i have the feelings that accompany movies that i do like no, I don't have that. Okay. <laughs> so probably not. Okay. Yeah. How does this compare for like the other Iron Man movies for you? Hmm. I'm trying to recall right now, but uh, Iron Man 2, I, okay. It's like none of the Iron Mans are really near the top of my list. I know, I know. But like if you were just ranking the Iron Man movies, you yeah. have a ranking. Yeah. I'm all over. I you know, Here's my thing with Iron Man. Okay. I'm all over the place 
with my Iron Man's. You know, like there's some people that are just like, my favorite color is blue. My second favorite color is red. Right. My third favorite color is yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like solid. I feel like mm-hmm. for me, any year, you could just say, you got to watch Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. And I would come up with, if I did that three years in a row, I'd come up with three different rankings right. okay. for those movies. So in uh, a couple of years ago, we ranked all the Marvel movies and or in order, and it was 36 movies at that point. And I had Iron Man at number 25. I had Iron Man 3 at number 27. And I had Iron Man 2 at number 34. This was in um, December. Just disclaimer for everyone. No, uh, no, you it, guys, it, you guys, oh, okay. you guys did it in December. I did it last July. Okay, last summer. But now that we're doing the podcast, I've been like re-ranking as we've been going mm-hmm. through, and I had Iron Man two higher than Iron Man one. Oh, okay. And I think I got to tell you, I'm going to put Iron Man three down at the bottom. Oh, okay. Of all of them, yeah. Just above Incredible Hulk. Wow. Yeah. That's like, I have the opposite. This is my favorite Iron Man movie. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. We're going to have a little contrast. Here. Yeah. I like this one like significantly better than the other two. Okay. What was it? Yeah. You liked The Extremis? I don't it love It was hard for like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. This is you my love environment where he comes in with Pepper and he's like, I'm going to show you my brain. And he's like trying to seduce her. <laughs> like I like when showing... Happy goes, he's showing her his big brain. <laughs> <laughs> Happy is fire in this Happy movie. is really funny in this movie. Yeah. I, maybe I'm not remembering the other movies, but it did feel a little bit to me like this is Happy's coming no, out he, party. He kicked like, it up this a This is notch. where he becomes yeah. a lovable character to everybody. Uh-huh. John Favreau. And I know you're really a huge Sean Favreau fan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no okay this is what i wrote as like my like my like recap for my overall like if i had to pin this to a serious letterboxd review what i would say about this movie is that there's so much going on this is kind of how i feel about iron man 2 as well i feel like both iron man 2 and 3 kind of fall on their own sword by having too many plot lines that don't feel like they fully connect well mm-hmm. and there's not and like it's really hard to track with everything that's going on so and it doesn't feel like it all ties into one thematic thing in the end but where iron man 3 uh succeeds where iron man 2 fails is that i feel like iron man 3 much more strongly is ultimately about pony's character journey and it's really deeply focused on like him as a person where I feel like the other two Iron Man movies kind of were like a little scared to go into Mm. that as much. And it was always like a plot line, like, Oh, Tony's a narcissist. He needs to get over that. Or like subplot Tony's struggling with this, but then they weren't like brave enough to make that like the major plot line. And I feel like if you choose to if you decide in your head that that is what the plot of iron man 3 is then it's a good like it's like it's a decent it's a decent movie because it i i really like tony in this movie i feel like his journey has just gotten like 
more interesting. Tony post New York is really interesting. And I like that they fully kind of let like let the plot lean into like oh he has anxiety oh he has ptsd oh he has trauma like and let's let's talk about let's talk about how that affects him and also let's talk about like how like he views the mantle of iron man in his head and like you know just i feel like they 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 really get to focus more on tony as a person than the other iron man movies do so that's why i like this movie more and it's just also more like i feel like there's more enjoyable scenes to me than the other two i love all the parts with harley um i love all the parts with pepper in this movie like just like the other character like happy's funnier like we said like it's just it just has elements that make it like more like tolerable to get through i guess (laughs) love trevor slattery like it's just it's just like more fun, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Now that you're saying it, it's like you're pitching me on it. Yeah. You're selling me because it's like a little bit of what you just said at the end. It kind of makes me feel like, yeah, there's, there's like uh, the seeds of what so many of us love about Marvel starting to come out in this movie. Mm-hmm. Some of the, some of the silliness yeah. and, Mm-hmm. the lightheartedness and the humor humorous mm-hmm. side plots and things like that <clears throat> so i'm seeing that but you're and you're so right about tony and just his journey and being more yeah. of a real person maybe part of my issue is um you know if you were to just say hey randomly in the course of five months you're gonna watch iron man one two and three you you might kind of just feel tired of iron man because Mm -hmm. you didn't spread it out that much and that's really what we've done with this podcast Mm -hmm. because it's been a lot of iron man lately right so maybe some of it is just a little bit of Iron Man fatigue Mm -hmm. from my standpoint because I do I did like that the human element Mm -hmm. i liked that they were showing his anxiety his and like even having i think it was like three panic attacks yeah that he had and that this big like macho um self-confident person is dealing with that was really cool to me so yeah i i get you i see why you're saying that so probably i just coming at it from what I didn't really like was I I wasn't really connecting with the villainy of it all. No, me you know, either. I just, I didn't really feel like that character was developed very much. I wasn't, you know, I like to feel connected to a villain. I think I've mentioned that before. So, Do you want to know something interesting about that? Okay. I would love to hear that. So Maya Hansen was supposed to be the villain of this movie. Um the scientist and yeah. then they cut that plot and decided to basically split like her motivation and her personality with Killian because they thought that she wasn't going to sell enough toys. So that's basically why Killian is the villain because they thought so and I don't know what like what kid is buying what toys? Killian toys. 
but like that was ultimately toys. yeah right like action figures i guess i don't know but that was ultimately why and i feel like that really shows because it's kind of like a lot of the time it's like okay i'm glad maya's here like it's interesting to have another female character but also why is she here like yeah, yeah. she doesn't really add that much and she's a bridge to killian yes exactly like we should just have one like pick one like give us yeah. maya or killian and then like the mandarin also and then you know like it is connected but it's just kind of connected really like weirdly i don't know there's like too many bad guys yeah and it feels like anticlimactic that it all leads up to killian almost i don't know sorry continue with your spiel just a fun fact yeah no it just it was hard to connect with and i you know probably uh, as far as the villains go and then even you know watching it I, i'm sure the first time i watched it i don't remember how i felt mm-hmm. but i'm sure i felt a little bit miffed once it was revealed that um the mandarin was just an actor you know yeah. at first that it was just trevor slattery because Ben Kingsley does such an awesome job of creating yeah. this like terrifying figure. Those you know? videos are really scary. Oh yeah, they're savage. And like at that point, 2013, when this came out, we're all like, you know, 10, 12 years removed from 9-11 and then just like lots of like very being very conscious of that brand of terrorism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it was like a terrifying like almost too real thing so i'm sure when i first watched it i was like oh you're telling me that guy wasn't even real this time as i watched it it i thought well i'm connecting to the performance but i'm not connecting to this villain because i know now that he's not a villain and i know the one shot you know, mm-hmm. of him and I know about him in Shang-Chi and you know, mm-hmm. all of that. So it's like, oh, there's that silly comedic right Mandarin wannabe yeah. guy. Um, and then, you know, extremis, uh, Adity, it's extremist. Like yeah. everybody knows this is a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God could add a better name there. But <sighs> Uh, yeah, and then the, I don't know, like <clears throat> it just probably those were my issues with it, and it just felt like a lot was going on. Like, yeah, I I get why you know it's a Marvel movie, it's MCU. They probably couldn't just let themselves focus only on um, Tony's journey. There mm-hmm. had to be more, but you know I'm a sucker for that like human story so i would have loved just a story a movie all about his journey you know one of my favorite movies is manchester by the sea it's just about a dude who has like the saddest (laughs) life ever yeah (laughs) it's one of my faves so (laughs) i would have loved seeing just tony struggling yeah they're cowards i mean it probably would have done really bad too if they had done that but i don't think that this movie did that great anyway so like yeah i wonder i wonder how it did yeah i think is this john favreau too because john favreau kind of sucks at like character stuff sometimes so uh, let's see directed someday. by shane black okay who i'm not really familiar with 
Me either. But that makes more sense that this one is more like character driven than the other ones. Yeah, yeah. To me, at least. Yeah, because you're saying John Favreau, who did one and two, he's yeah he doesn't develop characters as much. It's a little more like plotline oriented. Yeah, or at least I just think he or he'll like try to develop characters, but it's just weak. Like I don't think he's just like I think character is not his strong suit. What about the Mandalorian? No, I think it's. Did you watch season three? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like he had a he had a pot of gold and he just kind of fumbled it, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay, we, we're not going to get controversial with Star Wars. Oh, oh it was perfect. <laughs> That's our other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're not Jin um, and Grogu, but we do have a podcast about the Star Wars. Uh, um, yeah, I talked to my friend Katie uh, about this, you know, about this movie before we recorded because I wanted her thoughts. She's like the biggest Iron Man fan I've ever met. She okay. like loves Iron Man and like has like made so many video essays breaking down Tony's character and all of that. So I just was like curious what some of her thoughts were. And she made some like awesome points about just like Tony's journey in this movie. And just to kind of like echo one of the things she was talking about with me was we were talking about how like ultimately like across the board with just like tony's journey in the mcu not even specifically this movie um up to this point tony has like a really idealized version of who iron man is and he's always beating himself up for like not living up to that and that is like so consistent for him like he's especially post the first iron man like he's just like Iron Man is, like, this perfect, like, does everything right, saves everyone, like, God in his mind. And he is, like, always, like, beating himself up for, like, not being able to, like, live up to that mantle that he's, like, set for himself, Mm -hmm. I guess. So, in a way, um, in this movie, he kind of, like, finally accepts that he can be Iron Man, that he is Iron Man without like idolizing that title or idealizing that title and shrinking he kind of shrinks the mantle down to something that's like less godlike so it's like at the same time he destroys the suits which is like a metaphor almost for like him killing that like ridiculous like high standard that he has mm-hmm. for iron man mm-hmm. but he's also the like the last closing line is I am Iron Man. So he's like simultaneously like it's almost like he's acknowledging like that like Iron Man is him. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So she's she's like an expert on Tony. I know she's she's incredible. I know that I'm an MCU podcaster. So (laughs) allow me to condescend for a moment and come off of my expertise perch. But dang girl i want to listen to your podcast that was awesome i know yeah and it's it's like a really good point too because i love i love that she pointed out like the two like final things of this movie are like 
him destroying the suits, obviously, and him taking getting the shrapnel out, and also his final statement is, I am yeah, Iron Man. I am Iron Man. So it's kind of a great little like contrast. I, I love it. it it's, it's very poetic. It's cool. So yeah, yeah, so it seems like Shane Black was trying to put some kind of like arc, like fi- yeah. finishing arc to almost like probably trying to redeem one and two a little bit. Like mm-hmm. this is what has been happening to this man yeah. who is now Iron Man. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And that kind of gets killed in Age of Ultron. Again, you know my beef. I bring it up like every episode with like these characters getting passed between directors. So their character journeys get really screwed up. But in Age of Ultron, he kind of regresses again because Mm -hmm. then he's making Ultron. But, you know, it's a great cap off for the trilogy, at least. And his journey in in those three movies so for sure for sure yeah yeah and it's hard with him because he's in so many mm-hmm. of these other movies it's it's yeah. not like he's just purely confined to this trilogy like you said yeah. he's just i mean what's he in he's in age of ultron he's in all avengers, the avengers obviously yeah. all, all the avengers he's in uh, end game mm-hmm. he's in uh civil war he's like got, he's, he's in, in this, all the spider-man movies movie. like he's just yeah. everywhere so yeah. it's hard to yeah it's it's he's probably one of the characters that gets most brutalized by the fact mm-hmm. that they just have to have all these different directors because yeah it's just impossible to have that consistency yeah but you know it comes i looked it up and he says the word like he says i am iron man four times in the mcu so he says it once every iron man movie and then obviously he says it in endgame that's like his thing okay. to Thanos. yeah but i feel like if he you... does kind of get tied together better than some characters in the end yeah okay like can you give me an example of someone who doesn't get tied together that Steve. well I'll say that. Steve, yeah, yeah. Till I die. That's like my yeah. deathbed statement is that yeah. we missed Steve Rogers up so bad. Love, <laughs> love Steve. I love him, but they just he's he's all shoot, over the he's place. like the most inconsistent character ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh if you had to choose like a a phrase that you know starts with I am and then blank that mm-hmm. you think I would say every major episode of my life you know but as your dad your dad is saying i am what would it be i i you know i don't say i am iron man but what would i say that feels like a journey you need to have in your own trilogy of movies so i thought maybe it already been so be in three movies and then you know I think then you'll have your answer. I feel like it's I am tired. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of my. Yeah. Would you say that's like genetic? (laughs) You you are pretty sleepy. (laughs) I'm a tired woman. I'm very tired. I'm tired right now. (laughs) Just a little behind the scenes, uh, you know production insight for all of you guys who are listening to us right now part of the difficulty of doing this podcast you know we only do one a month 
But one of the harder things for us is that even though you don't sleep a crazy amount of hours every night and I don't sleep a crazy amount of hours every night, the problem is, is that those hours that we're awake, they kind of don't sync up very good. Yeah. So there's a small window of time because I'm like a 5 a.m.er. And you're mm-hmm. not a 5 a.m. or there's a there's like a no. smaller window of available hours each day that we're both awake. Because you'd right. be happy if I sent out a Google calendar invite for a 1 a.m. episode. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, I'm going to be there. But I can't mm-hmm. remember the last time I was up at 1 a.m. And I'd be fine with the 8 a.m. episode. But uh, I think we'd probably get like four or five words out of you. At an yeah, I would not. Episode. I would not be in it to win yeah, it. Yeah, you would not be at your best. So. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. But I digress. Yeah, as do I. We're tired. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's a it's Iron Man three. It's Iron Man three. You know, I'd I'd encourage everybody to go watch the Iron Mans if you if you haven't done it in a while. Yeah, do it up. It's been a while. Go back to your roots. You know. You think Secret Invasion has weird villains? Go watch Iron Man too. Like, go watch any of the Iron Man weakest weakest villains. Dare I say, in the MCU, I think the Iron Man trilogy wins the award for weak villains. Yeah, I'm not impressed by any of them. Well, we got Whiplash and Army, or not not Army Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> What's Hammer? Other Hammer, not the actor. What's the guy's name? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> I'm stuck on Army Hammer. <laughs> Army Hammer is like worse than the hammer in <laughs> Iron Man 2. <laughs> um, well, whatever that guy's first name is. So that again, same thing as Iron Man 3, just like struggling with this like too many plot lines, too many mm-hmm. villains. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just condense it down? Iron Man 1 really did it best when it comes to that. At least there is like a very like clear path and plot line in iron man one i appreciate right, that looking right, back right. obadiah stain yeah just just a lot there's a lot of people a lot of moving parts yeah all right well i like it a little bit better now after talking yeah. with you thanks for making me feel better about it yeah well happy to convert you a little for sure uh, you want to jump into some of our like little sub points here of uh of yeah. The... Who's your favorite character in this movie? Who's your favorite character? You go first. I always go first. Uh, Harley, maybe. I don't know. Just to switch things up. Yeah. What'd you like about him? He was cute. That's for he's, sure. He's he's, just he's the little fun. boy for those of you guys. Who yeah, yeah. Guy, little blonde kid. He's just like the most like I don't know. I I like those scenes because cause we're just always seeing Tony interacting with adults and with like very like adult humor, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun to watch him interact with someone that's not like 
an adult or someone that he has like history with or you know like Harley doesn't check any of those boxes like it's just this random kid he's never met before and their their banter is like great it's like, great some of the funniest parts of the movie <laughs> and it kind of also shows like Tony's like it's like almost like foreshadowing to Morgan like even before he kind of adopted Peter Peter Parker like it's like his 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 first kid was Harley. Right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It was before like Peter, Peter practice. before Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of all right. That's I, I a like good Harley. one. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to say happy Hogan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was my favorite in this one. <laughs> he was just funny all the time. I mean, pe- any Iron Man movie, Pepper's right in there in the running. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. love Pepper. But um, yeah, Happy Hogan. He just was his his I want more people in my life who have the kind of zeal that he has for Tony's security or uh, Stark Industries security. Like, I just love it. He was just so energetic. I love the part where Pepper's like, since you've been in charge, complaints have gone up 300%. And he's like smiling, like, thank you. (laughs) Like, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> but he he was so pumped with the way he was doing that job. So yeah, I I loved Happy in this one. When he like can't flip the camera when he's yeah. trying to call Tony. <laughs> he's like, I'm yeah. not a tech genius <laughs> like you. <laughs> is this is this Stark Industries chief of security forehead? I'm talking to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great too. He really makes an impression because he is like in the hospital unconscious for like three fourths of the movie. Like he's he's out for the count, like after the first twenty minutes, you know. So he made an impression. Great. Yeah. He went from learning how to barely knowing how to do a FaceTime to isn't he already at this point been flying Tony's like mega jet or whatever? I mean, he's got to have some know. tech skills. Yeah. But it was <laughs> Just funny. not with FaceTime, I guess. Yeah. Oh boy. So good. Um, did you have any Easter eggs that you liked? Uh, let's see. Um, well, it's, not really an Easter egg so much, but at the beginning when they're doing the flashback to the 1999 New Year's Mm -hmm. Eve party, uh, and they're in Switzerland at that party and Tony runs into Jensen, you know, the guy who helped him build the first, his first Iron Man suit in the cave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it was just kind of cool that like, Oh, they met, years earlier and they're kind of like because in the cave scene in iron man one yinson's like we met at a party Mm. and tony's like i don't remember that you know so i thought that was kind of cool yeah Yeah. and then i i liked the part where uh happy is making fun of tony's time with the avengers by saying now you're off with the super friends because that's (laughs) That's what the DC Justice League 
superheroes of the 70s are called <laughs> so it's like a, just a sick burn like you're That's out there funny. wearing your underwear on, to, on top of your pants <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time you've referenced like a 70s superhero show and i feel like you're really making yourself sound like a lot older than you are what are you 45? yeah yeah yeah, I'm well. I'm turning forty-five next week, so yeah, yeah. You were not well, alive in the seventies. Calm down. Yeah, here's the thing. Just to explain <laughs> to you and your, you know, Gen Z buddies, in the in the nineties or in the eighties, you know, we were like watching reruns like reruns, nobody's yeah. business. You know, they were cranking out like one good show a year. So if you wanted to watch TV at all, you had to di- uh, dive deep into the archive. Yeah. So, um, you guys are living in the golden era of television. I think you're coming out of it right now. I think it's streaming. Ending. Well, yeah, mm, streaming yeah. is killing it. I don't know. I think some bad days are coming. I've been reading up a little bit on this writer's strike, but yeah, um, because of the the insatiable rush for subscribers to these streaming services these uh investors have been throwing so much money into these studios and streaming services that they are making they have been making so many cool shows that they will never make enough money to recover but uh so we're kind of reaping the benefits of that until we have to pay like 30 dollars a month for every single streaming service that's out there right so anyways i digress Mm -hmm. but that's that's why I, it sounds like I watched all these shows from the 70s. It's <laughs> because we were rocking reruns. I know. I know. And it wasn't like vintage. Like, oh, how cute. We're watching a show from the 90s. Right. You guys want to get into Friends? It's not <laughs> like that. It was like, what do you got? Oh, no. This is these. all we have. Yeah. Let's just watch The Incredible Hulk. This is terrible, Super but friends. that's all we got. It's either that or Gumby. Okay. I see. I see. Um, I think my favorite Easter egg is, and always has been, and always will be, the the fact that I like that uh, in the scene at like right before the Malibu house gets destroyed. Um, Tony has like a like a Christmas stocking for Jarvis, and it's. I love that. And that's so Tony. And also it's like it's like the colors of vision too. So it's like a little little foreshadowing what's gonna happen next. So love it. I like the Jarvis stocking. I think it's cute. Favorite quote. Favorite quote? Sorry. Worst line. Worst. I feel like it started to evolve. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I guess this is usually our closing segment. Well, I have a feeling that my, you know, these are always so hard for me because when the movie's going, I'm just kind of caught up in the movie. Yeah. I feel like Killian probably said like a hundred things that are terrible. But uh, one that stood out to me that was just like when I, heard it it was like oh i don't i don't like this line for some reason mm-hmm. but it was when he meets harley the little boy and he's like what's up with you kid what are you doing here and he's like well my mom already left for d- the diner and dad went to Seven Eleven to get scratchers 
I guess he won because that was six years ago. Six years ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like there's just a couple levels of that line that I just didn't like. One is um like what kid is gonna actually say that? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like in that moment. Like I get that it's a punchline. Yeah. It's a joke, you know, like mm -hmm. for us to like chuckle at, but like no kid is going to say that. He's just going to be no. like, well, my mom already, my mom already left for work. And my, you know, if he even mentions his dad, he's just going to be like, he doesn't live here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But to be like, I guess he won. Cause that was six years ago. <laughs> you know, like, I it's like, like Tony that. humor. Like, yeah, yeah, Tony would say that as like a 40 year old. <laughs> exactly. But then secondly, it's just like, not only would a little kid not say that, but also it makes me super sad. And I don't like that. Like that. It's not that I mind being sad, but it's just like, oh, that's terrible. Like out oh. of out of left field. Like yeah. whoa, unnecessary. Whoa, dark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> unnecessary. So yeah, that was my that was my worst line. But then the, you know they redeemed Dad's out of the picture because Tony's gonna be the dad figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they had to set just, that up, yeah. I guess. <laughs> that's true how about you um i think i don't remember what i said my favorite line was for iron man 2 no i think i did say i think every iron man movie my favorite line is or my like worst like cringiest and also favorite line is like some pepper line because pepper's so funny and everything she says is so like weird and i love her so i think like the Probably again, like you said, this is probably not like the cringiest thing, but I just think it's so funny when she says it is <laughs> she like kills Killian and then she's like, Oh my god, that was really violent. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> like Pep, there's so much going on, and yet like I just love you so much. <laughs> she's just <laughs> like so it has the same exact sweet. energy is in the first movie when she's just like annoyed and asking for a martini like she's just like oh, i have at least three olives that was really violent i don't know <laughs> <She's> just... <laughs> that's good that's good yeah favorite i just i also like it's not corny it's just really funny is and this is me and violet and june my sister's favorite part whenever we rewatch this movie is when Tony's like about to like drive away and like leave Harley <laughs> and he's like it's like the part where he's like I'm cold and he's like yeah I can tell and he's like you can tell and he's like yeah you know why because we're connected <laughs> <Drives away. laughs> that was good because <laughs> Carly keeps saying like they're yeah, connected. We're connected. Like we're I'm connected. gonna help you. Yeah. <laughs> and he like uses like a baby that. voice. He's like, you know what? Because we're connected. Because we're connected. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start saying that. Yeah. Because um, we're connected. <laughs> oh. Connected. <laughs> well, what do we? So we got Thor: Dark World next. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I believe so. All right. And all right. So we don't need to ruin that one or get into the, the preview no. of that one. But that, that's generally not not uh, one of your favorites, right? Um, 
I think I like it more than most people do, but it's it's widely considered to be like one of the worst. People put it on the same level as Incredible Hulk. I would not go that far, but you know, we'll see. I feel like you haven't seen it in a while, so I'm interested to see what your thoughts are going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, or maybe I've only seen it once. But I'll yeah. tell you what I'm excited for. After Thor, we got Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, mm-hmm. Captain America Civil War. Hey, Spider-Man don't say Hulk Age of Ultron like that. Take it back. Actually, yeah, that's true. I love I Age of admit, Ultron. Yeah, I was kind of doing that because I feel like your sisters were like down on Age Ultron. But I remember oh. last time we all watched it, I was kind of like, I, I don't know. I kind of like this. So I feel like it's okay. Yeah. It's a goodie. I, I'm a Age of Ultron fan. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks right. for chatting about uh, Iron Man 3 with me. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And tune in next month for our August episode. Yeah. Woo. All right. See you guys. All right. Bye-bye.